joining us for devotionables, brief devotions for busy people. My name is Derek, and I teach one of the BFGs here at Ninth and O. And today, we're finishing up the book of Nehemiah. And really, this is the conclusion to the work that was started way back in the beginning of Ezra, too. The books of Ezra and Nehemiah in our Bibles are the stories of God putting his people out of the exile and restoring them back into their land. And the story of this restoration takes the shape of two building projects building back the temple in Ezra, and building back the walls to reestablish the city of Jerusalem in Nehemiah. The work of building the walls, though, was done way back in chapter 6 in Nehemiah. Chapters 7 to 12 are a story and an explanation of the restoration of the people's covenant life in the land. They began to observe the feast days and the festivals that were prescribed by the law. The people gathered together and confessed their sins before the Lord. They recounted the good things that God had done and his faithfulness in years past. They reaffirmed the covenant and sealed it in writing with the names of the leaders of the people. They dedicated the walls of the city and they started back the regular service in the temple. And after all of that, in chapter 13, Nehemiah ends on kind of an odd note. After all of the work had been done and celebrated and consecrated and sealed, Nehemiah goes back to explain that there are still problems in the land. In verse 1, Nehemiah explains that the people again read from the book of Moses in the hearing of all of the people, and they found that no Ammonite or Moabite should enter into the assembly of God. So as soon as they heard this, for the covenant gathering of God's people in the temple, they separated out all of the people of foreign descent. Nehemiah explains that this was a big problem, though, because while he was away from Jerusalem, one of the priests had made a chamber for Tobiah, an Ammonite. So Nehemiah cast him out of the temple, and he threw out his furniture and the things that he had set up there to make room for storing the materials for worship there in the temple. Nehemiah goes on and describes that the Levites in the temple weren't being given their portion according to the law. So they had to stay back and work their fields instead of tending to the Lord's temple. And he recounts that he found people working on the Sabbath and trading and selling inside Jerusalem on the Sabbath. He even tells about men of Israel who had married women from other nations. And this time, Nehemiah confronted the people and even beat some of them and pulled their hair. This is a far cry from the glories of chapters 12 or 6 through 12. The people were doing big, wonderful works of God in those chapters. They were returning the relationship of God's people, living in God's land under God's good rule. But chapter 13 reads like a checklist of the wrong things that Nehemiah found as he was cleaning up. It's, it's almost like the minutiae appended at the end of a book. Let me suggest two things, though, that we can learn from this chapter. First, the fact that Nehemiah's work wasn't done after the city and the temple were restored, shows that God's eternal purposes weren't finished yet. There's a narrow way to read the story of the exile, where we see God's people removed from the land for their unfaithfulness and then restored back to their right covenant relationship in the land. That narrative is true, but it's not the whole picture of what's going on. God's purposes weren't finished when the nation of Israel was restored back into the land. Because the story of redemption isn't one nation, a wall, and a temple. Those are simply pieces, important pieces, but only parts of the whole of God's redeeming work to bring all people from all nations to him in Christ.
Nehemiah's work wasn't done after chapter 12 because all of God's promises hadn't been fulfilled yet. It's only in Christ that the promises of God find their yes and amen. The people were still unfaithful and they still broke the law because they were still waiting for a new covenant that's written on the heart. The second thing we can learn from Nehemiah 13 is what it looks like to have the faithfulness that waits on the Lord. Nehemiah found himself after the restoration of Jerusalem and the temple, but still waiting, ultimately waiting for the coming of Christ. And as believers, we find ourselves living in a waiting time too. We live in a kingdom that has come and is still coming. We live in between the now and the not yet as we wait for the return of our Lord. Like Nehemiah, we need a faithfulness that waits on the Lord. Christian faithfulness looks more like those small acts, not of beating and hair pulling, but of faithful love and proclaiming the truth of God's word. Christian faithfulness lives in the small everyday acts of faith, not in the big milestones of chapter 6 to 12. Like Nehemiah, it's living faithfully within those things that seems insignificant, that allows us to say in the end, remember me, my God, for good. Thank you.